Welcome to the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast, bringing you open and honest conversations about resources in Tuscarawas County. Now here's your host, Jody Salvo. The way this exhibit is set up, there are some things that are yellow flags and some things that are red flags. So let me just ask you, who found more than 20 items? Okay, good job. Who found more than 25 items? Okay, more than 28? Okay, I'm gonna ask you too. Are you teachers or teacher? Okay, and that's your husband? So you've educated him well, okay. Did anyone find more than, how many did y'all find? You said anything that looks suspicious. Okay, yep. Oh my goodness, anyone even close? Okay, good job, good snooping. We'll see what you found as we go through here. So how this works is there are some things that are yellow flags. A yellow flag does not mean your kids are engaging with substance use or necessarily risky behaviors. But what it tells us is there's an opportunity to have a conversation. The one thing we absolutely know the most effective thing to prevent use substance use is the parental voice. So it gives us a lot of opportunity to dig into what's going on in your kid's life, ask a lot of questions, okay? There are also red flags. A red flag means uh, you ran across something that you do need to deal with, okay? That means you ran across a drug, a drug paraphernalia, something that indicates, okay, we need to do something. Why I say that, sometimes when a parent finds something, say they found a vaping device in a kid's bedroom, what's a kid gonna say? Not mine, right? This is absolutely not mine. My friend has it. Their parents would kill them if they had it. So we know we're going to have to deal something with a red flag item, okay? So even if the kid says, not mine, never, first time, we want to deal with it because we know when we intervene early, we are the most successful. So even if the kid really is not using, if we can get them to an assessment at a counseling agency, we can at least start figuring out why. What's going on in their life that maybe they're even entering into risky behavior. So that's super helpful because it lets the kid know, hey, my eyes are on you, I care about you, and we're gonna intervene um, because that's our job. Okay, make sense? So um, I'm just gonna kind of go through here fairly quick. Um, one of the things I said that is important for us to know is the parent conversation is super important um, to reduce use substance use and even intervening with mental health issues. But what I want to let you know is when we've surveyed kids, parents are not necessarily talking to kids about a lot of very important issues. When we're saying only 55% are talking to their kids about tobacco, alcohol, marijuana, or other drugs, um, if we want to protect our kids, we need to see not higher numbers here. So this is what the kids are reporting, you know. My parents are not having conversations. We also do a lot of focus groups with our youth, and what we find out is, you know, sometimes the parents are sending a message, and the message might be, don't use. But that's not really the answer a kid wants. A kid really wants to know the why behind the don't use. This generation is a great generation. They like to think, they like to be informed, uh, they absolutely will do the research if you challenge them to do that research, but they want more than a no use. And you know what? Human nature is if you tell me not to do something, I'm more likely wanting to explore why you're telling me not to. Um, 
So this is super important. We need to have conversations with our kids. Before we even get started today, um, most all communities conduct youth surveys. Um, there's measurements that are very consistent questions um, across the nation that we use, and some of them are perceptions of harm. And these are very helpful because when we follow how kids are viewing a substance, harmful, not so harmful, it really correlates with their um, initiation and use of a substance. So I don't know if you all can see that from the back, but if you look at my graph up here, what do our kids report what substance of causing the greatest risk? So their choices are tobacco, marijuana, alcohol, or prescription drug. Cigarettes, did y'all? Now let me ask you, take vaping off the shelf. Why do our kids think tobacco is the most dangerous? Because this was before we had a real a vaping epidemic. It's publicized. What else? We talk about that the most, right? Our kids have received a lot of education about tobacco. I say this because it is important for us to understand that education does work, okay? So if you're coming from a school background, you're on a school board, or you're a parent that likes to advocate, you're on the PTO, PTA, it is important that we say we need education on substances because it's not happening in every district, okay? Um, I am saying that for my county, but I'm, I'm also familiar with Ohio as well. If we educate, it absolutely does work and it can be effective. And I need you to tuck that away tonight because there's gonna be some substances that are creeping into our culture more and more, and we need to start educating more and more to our students. So, our kids think tobacco is the most harmful. What do they think is the least harmful? Why do they think alcohol is the least harmful? Why might they? They see people doing it. It kind of, what else? It's legal over the age of 21. Our culture is very accepting of alcohol. And I think, you know, we celebrate, we use it as rites of passages. And I also think sometimes parents are afraid to talk about this issue because of their own use or because they don't know how to handle that conversation. So all these things we're gonna talk about tonight. Okay, any questions so far? Very good. Okay, I'm gonna start with the one really good news tonight. Our tobacco usage is the lowest it's ever been. Isn't that fun? That is my good news for tonight, okay? Actually, I'm kind of joking. When we go out of here tonight, we are gonna talk about some heavy stuff. You're gonna see stuff that you're gonna go, what, this is in our schools, okay? But I'm gonna start at the beginning to say, most kids are making really good choices. They really are. The majority of our kids, they got it going on, okay? What gets the attention? The minority that is getting in trouble that's making poor choices. So I want you to balance this out tonight because you're gonna hear a lot of negative but I want you to be mindful we have great kids doing great things, okay? Um, but the vaping, it might be a little bit of a different story, and it's not because bad kids are making bad choices, it's just because kids are not informed. And honestly, I would say many of these substance use, if not all, are because parents are the adult voice on those. So it might be the parents don't understand this issue, which is very understandable because it's kind of hit us like a tidal wave. So, good news. Tobacco use is the lowest it's ever been. And the bad news, and I'm gonna assume since you all are here, you're following what's going on in our world. 
This vaping epidemic really is a true health epidemic. We have never, ever, ever seen one year rise in any substance like we have this ever since we've recorded youth survey information. So in one year from 17, year 2017 to 2018, we saw a 48% increase of middle school youth and we saw a 78% in high school youth. And I'm gonna tell you this, this data, this survey was before last, um, this past spring. And for those who are in schools, you know this hit us like last January, like a freight train. So this data, I still don't even think really accurately um, defines the usage within our schools and communities. And that's just not in Ohio, that's across the nation. So, huge jump in vaping. Um, and I don't know what I just, okay. I am going to start with us looking at a video on vaping. You hid your vape underneath your pillows. Yeah. And you would come and smoke how often? Oh, I couldn't go longer than like 10, 15 minutes without hitting it. It was so addicting. I brought it with me everywhere I went. Seema Herman never expected that what she thought was a harmless habit, vaping, would end up nearly killing her. It took two days for my lungs to fail and I almost died. The 18-year-old going viral with this photo from her hospital bed, a tube still pumping oxygen to her failing lungs. In her hands, a call to action. Asked for like a pen and paper because that was the only way I could communicate. And I wrote, I want to start a no vaping campaign. That was the first thing I did when I opened my eyes. Seema's story is just the latest in a landslide of incidents linked to vaping, sparking what many officials are calling a national health crisis. What we've seen in the course of the past, let's say, month is an increased number of people coming in with respiratory problems as a result of vaping. So far, the Centers for Disease Control report more than 450 possible cases in 33 states of lung illness associated with vaping. And six deaths have been confirmed in California, Illinois, Indiana, Minnesota, Oregon, and now Kansas. Last Friday, the CDC issued a stark warning. If you are vaping, no matter how old you are, you should consider stopping. Like, I didn't think of myself as a smoker. The vaping just makes it seem like it's nothing, like you're doing nothing wrong. Seema was in high school when she started vaping nicotine. I was 16 the first time, 15 even, the first time I bought it at the smoke shop. I went in and I was like, can I get a pack of Jewel Pods? And they were like, how old are you? And I said, 22. And they were just like, okay. It ended up becoming my oxygen. I couldn't live without it. I needed it all the time, every day. But because all of my friends were doing it all the time and no one else had symptoms that I had, I couldn't, like, I wouldn't even have imagined that maybe this is killing me. Seema was an active, healthy teen. She'd been dancing for years, even making dance team her freshman year of college. But as her vaping habit increased, adding in cannabis, her ability to dance disappeared. She was vaping a cartridge a day. That's like smoking the same amount of nicotine as a pack of cigarettes in one day. Her parents had no idea their daughter had become hopelessly addicted. This healthy dancer dancing 12 hours a week Stop dancing because of it. Stop living because of it. Stop going to school and college because of it. Seema says she was feeling sick all the time. Over a year, I lost like 50 pounds without trying. 50 pounds? Yeah. 
By this summer, Seema had stopped going to her college classes. She says her health issues were getting worse, but no doctor could nail down what was wrong. Did you not tell the doctors that you vaped? I actually did. I made sure that every hospital, every ER, every doctor's office I went to, I told them that I smoked. But you never thought, I can't breathe, I feel like I'm gonna die. Maybe it's because I'm vaping every 10 to 15 minutes. No doctor ever said, like, maybe you should stop vaping. It all came to a head on August 15th when Seema's dad rushed her to the ER. I said, go fast. Don't let me close my eyes. Don't let me fall asleep or I won't wake up. Now, why did you say that? Because I knew I was dying. You felt death on you. Yeah, it was terrifying. The worst part was I couldn't, I couldn't let it, like my parents watch it happen to me. But hospital staff couldn't figure out why Seema couldn't breathe. Two days later, doctors had to put her on a ventilator. I was begging them to vent her faster, vent her faster. She's going to die. And it was terrifying. It was in that agonizing moment that Seema's cousin revealed her secret addiction. She said, you know, she smokes every day. I said, what? What are you talking about? She said, she smokes every day. She smokes that vape. I said, you tell the doctors right now. You go tell the doctors right now. And I ransacked her room and I found all the vapes. They look like gum wrappers. They look like little candy wrappers. They look like little cute uh, mascara wands. This progression is so fast. Dr. Catherine Melamed is a pulmonologist at UCLA Medical Center. She worked on Seema's case. This was Seema's chest x-ray when she came into our hospital. These hazy white areas here at the base at the bottom of her lungs just show that she could have a pneumonia. But what you can then see is if we choose an x-ray from just uh, less than 48 hours later, Whoa. now her lungs, all of this white haziness here is inflammation from just day one to day three is remarkable. Dr. Melamed is on the front lines of what health officials fear is an emerging crisis. The National Youth Tobacco Survey found a 78% jump in e-cigarette usage among high school students alone, but any research on the impacts of vaping lags far behind. Part of vaping is heating oil and then inhaling that oil. And that's not something the lung is used to inhaling. And so with that comes an inflammatory reaction that then uh, produces phlegm and sputum and gives the lung sort of that wet cough phlegm property. That sounds terrible. Yes. And dangerous. Yes. <laughs> Last month, 17-year-old Tristan Zofeld described how he spent 18 days in the hospital fighting for his life after vaping. I woke up just throwing up everywhere. My heart was just pounding out of my chest, going 100 miles an hour. Tristan lost 15 pounds and said he had to relearn to walk. And just yesterday, a Texas teen had to be rushed to the hospital after vaping at school. He hit it, he passed out, and he would not wake up. Like he was not waking up. In Wisconsin today, a man was arrested for making thousands of illegal THC vaping cartridges. Don't do it. The state of New York is taking an aggressive approach in an attempt to find answers and crack down on black market products. You shouldn't be vaping uh, products. September 11th, and they said what, six deaths? We're at 12 right now. We're at 21 cases in Ohio. Um, 
We're over 800 severe pulmonary illnesses, and ODH just released today, or possibly CDC, I just got the alert on the way down here. The doctors are going to have to, they're mandated to report right now when they have suspected cases. So this has gotten out of control very quickly, and it's very interesting because today we just uh, issued a health warning in Tuscarawas County with our health department. Of these 800 cases, suspected cases, they're not all worked through at this point, they're not finding one common denominator. We are going to talk a little bit about big tobacco because on the way down here I was talking with Diane. I think big tobacco is doing a great job to say this is all marijuana products, this is all marijuana products, this is all black market products. And that is not indeed what the CDC is reporting right now. They're reporting there has not been one congruent thread that runs through this that is showing this is one product. So. If you take nothing away from tonight, you need to let your friends know and other parents and our students, we cannot say this is just marijuana and this is black market. We know that there is severe pulmonary disease that is affecting our, particularly our youth, our young people at a very high rate. I think they said the incident today, and I'm, I'm looking at Diane because our health commissioner just said, the average age is like from 16 to 59, with the median age being right in the low 20s. So it really is hitting healthy lungs the hardest. That's kind of what we're seeing. So let's talk about this a little bit. Oh, I don't have it in the right screen, sorry. There's a lot of things we do know, and there's things that we do not know. There's things we do and things we don't know. What we do know is that People, when they vape, it is an aerosol. Our kids and our adults a lot think they're wa vaping water vapor. It is chemicals that are going into the lungs, okay? We should not be breathing chemicals into our lungs. So I would say be very conscious of the words you use. There's two words that I think are helpful. You're breathing in aerosol. Aerosol is chemicals. You can, I know when Diane does presentations, a lot of times she'll show hairspray. You know, this is what an aerosol is. So help them understand, use that word. And the other thing is you can combine <laughs> the word e-cigarette with vaping. Because our kids, if you say, do you use e-cigarettes, they're gonna say no. They're, they're not. Their terminology is vaping. Our youth really do not love the idea of traditional cigarettes, cigarettes at all, combustible cigarettes. So put those words together. Are you, e are you vaping slash e-cigarettes? You know, start putting those words together because then it helps you understand this isn't just water vapor you're talking about. There's nicotine in those substances. Okay, it is highly addictive, and that'll get back to the next part. Um, Youth will often think, with it, do you have any e-juice? Can you grab me some e-juice? Um, there's a couple different ways um, vaping devices, electronic cigarettes come. Some are pre-filled and some you fill with the e-juice themselves. So e-juice is the liquid that you put within um, your vaping device. But there are many e-juices that say nicotine free. And many of our students will say, my device doesn't have nicotine in it. 99% of all the devices have nicotine in it, okay? The problem is it is a very unregulated market. So unregulated that you absolutely will see nicotine written on your e-juices. So that's where youth and adults need to be educated and I'll kind of explain how you can work through this, okay? So, y'all familiar with the name Marlboro, right? 
big tobacco at its finest. They're owned by Altria, okay? So Altria is the mother company of Marlboro. Altria actually owns the cannabis industry in Canada, okay? So here's Altria, here's Marlboro. And what business do you think they bought a big old shareholder's stake in? Joel. They own 35% of the jewel industry, okay? So let's put this all together. Do you think a company is gonna create e-juice with no nicotine in just so our kids have really fun flavors and can play around with little smoke? Does that make sense to anybody? That makes no sense, right? They're gonna create a substance that's gonna make you addicted so you continue to buy their substance. It is an industry of addiction. That is the only way they make money. Big Tobacco has had a huge loss in revenues. They basically lost a generation, remember? Lowest it's ever been. So when the electronic devices came along, it was very quick that they realized, oh my goodness, this is our replacement product and we're gonna get a replacement generation. That's exactly how it happened. So in 2004 is really when vaping devices were created. They were created by a scientist in China. His father died of lung cancer. And I have no doubt his initial intent was to help people stop smoking. And when they first came over, you saw like the blue cigarettes, the blue, and you were able to dial down the nicotine and they looked like a cigarette. And I have no doubt that it was helpful for some people to come down on their nicotine level. But you know what, if a youth tried that, that introduces them to nicotine, okay? So it has the absolute opposite effect. But what happened is it kind of rang better in our ears. It's safer, it had an intended youth, use, but very quickly we saw big tobacco buying into this blueberry flavor, strawberry, cotton candy, all this youth flavored, um, products, okay? So it's less harmful, it's better, it helps you stop smoking, it's nicotine free, so they were telling their parents it was nicotine free, and then we saw the devices changed. So they went from what looked like a standard cigarette to our fun little devices over here. So has everyone in here seen a vaping device as of now? Okay. Um, in our schools, the Joel in particular is the device of choice. I think, Diane, would you get a whole bag of them the other day from a principal? <laughs> Probably 20 of them just from this year. But even since the spring, the devices continue to change. The one you're holding over here, some of these, you will see some of these honestly in your gas stations at point of sale. For 99 no. cents. Uh, which one's a 99? Um, this one. This one was 99 cents. What? Now, the refillable is probably $10. So it wasn't. $439. Okay, $439. So you can see how easy, how accessible um, some of these products are. So that little jewel pod, <laughs> that tiny little jewel pod, is equivalent to a pack of cigarettes, higher nicotine levels, and much. Our, our kids will, will use every bit of this. So one of the problems we have right now is we've never had this many kids addicted to anything, 
okay? So we don't even have the bandwidth to know how to treat students because we've never had students so many addicted to substances. Um, and the reason why is when kids used to try to smoke cigarettes, um, a lot of it's burning off, it wasn't real comfortable, it took a lot of effort and commitment to really smoke. Here, it doesn't take a lot of effort. If you ever tried one, which we have because we try to figure out our devices, it is not hot, it is not uncomfortable. The flavors taste like flavors. The strawberry absolutely tastes like strawberry. So when a kid is using it, it is very easy for them to breathe in and they were getting 100% of that cartridge, okay? So what does that mean? That little device is the perfect addiction device. There is nothing that has ever been made better than that. Every time you hit it, you get a little dopamine hit on your brain. That's what makes you feel good. So a kid's brain is looking to be stimulated. So within a couple days, say if you took 200 puffs a couple days in a row, your chance of becoming addiction, it's pretty great at this point. So hence, we got the problems that we do. So. One joule contains 20 cigarettes, not well regulated through the FDA. We read not too long ago that there are one, over 1,500 flavors right now in e-juices. So this creates a whole other problem because when we're saying, yeah, we don't really know what the problem is, a lot of times you hear it's the heating of chemicals. Well, you're heating chemicals and you're mixing chemicals and they're not regulated and um, those, that's definitely some of the problems. So not well regulated. And the other thing is we are raising the tobacco age limit as of October 17th here in Ohio. But my goodness, when we're gonna try to enforce this, it's gonna be crazy, because we already created the Wild West. So when we eliminate point of sale, which we should, we're gonna see this black market just flourish because we already see that indication happening across the nation. Um, what we do know is many of these products have carcinogens in them that are similar than traditional cigarettes. So I'll give you an example, um, diacetyl. Does anyone know what that particular chemical does? What's it do? Oh, that's in the popcorn. In the popcorn line. Okay, now diacetyl, is known to be food safe. So it gives the popcorn from a popcorn manufacturer that buttery taste, okay? FDA approved to eat it. But you know what was happening in popcorn manufacturing plants? People were getting popcorn lung who worked there because it was not inhalation safe. So when the temperature went up and they breathed in their lungs, that caused popcorn lung. 35, there was a study where 35% of the products that were studied on the study had diacetyl in them. And we absolutely know that you're heating it up to a high heat and breathing it into your lungs. We've seen research showing formaldehyde. Um, we've seen that in traditional cigarettes. We've seen acetone, which is on our fingernail polish, which is in uh, traditional cigarettes. So does it have as many chemicals? As of now, I haven't seen anything that does because a traditional cigarette has about 7,000 chemicals. Do we see chemicals that we are familiar with that are known carcinogens? Absolutely. What else, so um, what we do not know is what are the long-term effects? You know what I mean? So what, what we know there's some harmful things going on. What we don't know is what that's gonna mean in the future. 
So, go ahead. Absolutely. Did anyone find the Joel in the shirt? Go ahead. Diane's always good because I forget about the exhibit when I'm speaking. <laughs> this is the newest one. Oh. And it's actually a shirt with the sweaters, and you've seen kids set and chew on the sweater. It's an actual e-cigarette. Oh. It's built right in. Down in this pocket is, it came apart, is a pen. So they're able to actually smoke while they're in school, and you think they're chewing on there. So guys, seriously, we pay to give money to any kind of tobacco products. So most everything's from our local county. We purchased that one, and that was the cheap version. The expensive ones are true hoodies, solid gray, solid black. You will not, you will not recognize them unless you see. Yep. When we first. Real quick. God. The pen that I have attached to it is different than the jewel pens I sent around. It's called a dab pen, and Jody will talk about it more later. So if you take it apart, that's why it looks different than what you have in front of you. So it was interesting because we were hearing these were out, and I was speaking at one of our local schools, and this was a couple weeks ago, and I said, anyone see any of those sweatshirts? And they looked at me, there was a high school, and they're like, ah. They saw kids wearing hoodies, and it was still 90 degrees out, and they're like, ah. yeah. So it was interesting. That was one of those red flags that they're like, OK, we have a, a concern. Um, as adults, if you want to learn more about this, anything you need to know, you Google, and you will find it. So this is particularly called vapeware. So Google get vapeware and you will see all the things that you can conceal vape in, whether it's backpacks and hats and clothing, it's all there for you, okay? Anything else missing? Um, other things, things to look for if you're in a school, if boys are wearing girl scrunchies, it could be one of two things. It could mean they're taken, they're well marked by the girl, which is one reason they might wear them, okay? Or it's if they're wearing long sleeves and a girl's scrunchie, because then you can put your vape product right on your wrist and it makes it very easy to breathe in and then to breathe out, okay? I will tell you, different vaping devices cause a different amount of vape that kind of goes up into the air. Um, some of that, like that 99 cent one she showed you, man, there is fog everywhere. You breathe it out and you will know it's in the classroom. But that jewel, the one that our kids like, it is so stinking easy to conceal. Someone can literally vape in front of you and you would probably not recognize it unless you see this. You know, it, it really is. This is kind of the look you're going to get for the kid, the hands in front of their mouth. So it's something to be aware of. It is that easy to conceal. And you know what? The smell isn't that great on a jewel. Like, you might notice the bathroom smells a little bit better. Some of those other devices, you're like, ah, I like this smelling pretty good. Something's wrong, OK? So other things to look for on the vaping. If a herd of boys go to the bathroom, that is not normal. Boys don't go in herds, you know what I mean? Girls, like we can kind of expect that. So those are the things that you're gonna look for. They're all huddled together. 
at a certain part of the cafeteria, outside, at a sporting event, at practice, you're going to see this kind of like hurting little things. They share them. It's not everybody has their vape pen. Someone got a vape pen and they all kind of share. They might a dollar a hit, two dollars a hit. That's kind of the stuff that's going on here. Okay? What are you shaking your head? A dollar a hit. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's because right now you can buy a whole Joel kit. That if you buy the Joel pods individually, they're expensive. But you can buy the um, Joel cigarette and five pods. It's called the starter kit for under fourteen bucks. So if all the kids pitch in, they've got instantly five different <coughs> pods they can smoke. So who is already shocked? Who's learned something? Who has something to add to add to our knowledge base? Anyone in here? Go ahead. I have a question. Sure. Um, like when the jewel came out, you always saw the young jewel, everybody saying young jewel, but really it's the same thing with all the other devices. It is. Correct. What is the big difference between jewel and all the things that they've been doing already? Yeah. I will tell you the reason jewel probably got their hands slapped the most is because their marketing was so targeted to our youth. And you know what, adults, you do not realize how much our youth have been targeted on this because advertising looks very differently. Most of our kids probably don't ever watch TV. Do your kids watch TV? Probably not. They're probably, if they're watching stuff, they're on Netflix, they're definitely guiding what they watch, when they watch, how they watch. But they are probably watching podcasts, they're watching entertainment, they're watching movies. They were getting ads from Jewel that us adults were not seeing. Um, they were very much targeted. So why they got in trouble is because you're not allowed to target youth, which they absolutely were. So once they started getting their hands slapped, you kind of saw their commercials really change. So then they went to, but we're compassionate and we're helping people stop smoking. And I actually have a video, and I wish actually it wasn't online today, or it's one I would normally bring, where the CEO who is no longer there as of last week was really kind of saying, you know, I am so sorry if your kids started using our device because it was never intended for youth. But we have. His next breath, he says that my family doesn't jewel. My family doesn't jewel. So they got in trouble because they had a lot of advertising. And I will tell you, I switched PowerPoints today. I have some where you put jewel up to the traditional cigarette ads of the past and it's the same playbook so that's why they got in trouble like they did but yeah yeah no their device was probably the first that was sleek and sexy and their packaging was good and their colors were trendy like they nailed it like if someone wanted to hook a new generation or this generation they did a very good job of doing that so now we have because they're in trouble we're having all these knockoffs which isn't helpful either okay any questions there so who's do I have teachers in here I have at least have one okay besides the health effects that we don't know what they are and and clearly they're getting more dangerous by the day 
teaching kids addicted to nicotine is rough at best. I just kind of want you to go some of the effects of nicotine or if you're a parent what to look for. It can make you mentally sluggish. So if you're getting a big high and then you're letting down, you might see a kid that looks exhausted because they also might not be sleeping at night at this point. They might be bored if they're not vaping because their brain is looking for that dopamine hit very frequently at this point. They might have more anxiety. They might have more depression. You, you can kind of see some mental health stuff come in. They might look like they're ADD-ish. You know what I mean? They're just kind of distracted. I know kids that are addicted who are not able to hit their device during the day. They're going through withdrawal during school. So I can tell you if you're trying to teach a student going with, through withdrawal, it will be very challenging. So there are some real reasons that we need to also help our students um, not become addicted. So what we don't know, I talked about this, about food safe, what chemicals are in here. There's not the manufacturing standards. Um, kind of just going through that. Sorry, guys. Just wanted to show you, Diane's passed a lot of these out. These are what our vaping devices look like. And I will tend to say they're going to get more trendier, different ways to conceal it. Um, oh, you can't see one of them. There's this one little, it's called a Soren, I think. We don't have it in our area yet, but we've seen it like in Columbus, and we saw one in Chicago. I, I think you can even hide it in your wallet. It's thin, but it's metal. So I think we'll see different shapes and looks. Um, so what do we need to know with our kids? Our kids do think it's just flavored, there's no nicotine, it's safer. So we need to know where they're coming from. Um, they think it's safer than old cigarettes. And I say this because we're going to talk about some ways to talk to our kids around this. If you ask kids what they think of a cigarette, they might actually say an old person's cancer stick. Like they don't like them, okay? So uh, they think they're much safer than that. So those are going to be some areas we're going to hit in on. They might think it's water vapor. Remember, we're going to talk about um, aerosol. They think it doesn't contain nicotine, they think it's just flavoring, it's fun, it's cool. So that's where their paradigm is, that's where they're living, that's their space. So what we can do is we can leverage some of their thoughts and what we know. This generation, nobody wants to be duped, okay? So go there, look, help them understand. What do you feel about big tobacco? This is big tobacco. This is what they're selling you. Why? Because they want to make money. Why? They need you to make money. So really kind of work on that. You are being manipulated. Go right there. Use the big tobacco ads with media literacy. And I wish I had this. We have a school presentation we give to youth where we do. We just kind of go ad for ad from old tobacco to now. Even with the doctors kind of saying this is good for you, when they use Santa Claus and when they use Fred Flintstone, um, when they use Joe Camel, when they used all the media stuff, the bandwagon, you're going to be more popular, you're going to have more friends, and we just kind of lay them side by side. And they can kind of start seeing the playbook, and we talk about Big Tobacco's playbook. We even go back to where they're testifying about, yeah, this doesn't have nicotine in it, and and kind of this is exactly what Joel has done as well. So just lay those out and let them know Altria owns Marbo, who now owns your Joel Corporation. They know what's going on here. And, and it was funny, if I could have found the Joel one with a CEO, you would go, oh my goodness, I can't even believe you're saying that on national TV. So 
educate them on the health effects, okay? I know you will hear scare tactics do not work, but I will tell you some of these live videos, they are kids saying to other kids, this has not gone well for me. Never would have I expected at 21 years of, old, years of age, I would be laying in ICU not able to breathe, okay? So let them know, we don't know what's causing this. What we do know is there's potential for, for major harm. And for kids, make it hit them directly. You know, you can't play sports if you can't breathe. You know, and I don't think with traditional tobacco, we didn't see the effects for 20 years. We're seeing this after actually about four or five. And I would say in some of our areas, two years. You know, some of our kids have not been introduced to that that long ago, and yet they're experiencing the negative effects. So what does that mean for your ability to do life? Um, help them think through their consequences. I know school policies, a lot of schools are to suspend right now. I know that's hard on a kid when they're trying to get into college, but help them understand that. I know a lot of our schools, you miss 20% of your games um, if you're an athlete. So there's some real consequences. They're usually the same as your tobacco policies at your school. So help your kids understand, look, this choice can really line up to this consequence, because that does matter to our kids. Um, we also just need to equip adults to have the conversations often with our kids. Um, and you know what, even if you're a parent, when we go through the other parts of this conversation, we will encourage every parent to go home and help your kid identify other safe adults in their life because it's vitally important. So if you have some of that, whether it's a great coach, an advisor, or a youth group person in their kid's life, have them, hey, make sure you're talking to my kid about vaping. You know what I mean? The more protective uh, factors we have in coming in the kid, the, the more successful we're going to be at raising a healthy kid, making good choices. So having adults talking into them. And also, call them the new cancer sticks. The more you can tie those two things together, I think the more effective you're going to be. Diane, anything? I like today how our health commissioner in our news briefing, when I do my presentations and I ask the kids, especially at the junior high level, if they ever watch CSI, and I let them know, you know, when they do a, a body and they want to keep part of their organ to look at later on, what do they put it in? You know, that glass jar, the liquid, the formaldehyde, our health commissioner today said it's the same as that rubbery frog that you dissected is what it's doing to your lungs. That really stuck with me. So if you tell the kids, you know, your lungs are going to turn to that rubber and then, you know, you're not going to be able to breathe because of it, I, I think it'll really stick. I like how she used yeah, she did a good rubber job. frog to the lungs. But I always took mine and said, you know, they put the part of their body in that water so they can go look at it later on. Mm -hmm. I like this better. Very fun. Okay, so make the big connection with to Big Tobacco. Big Tobacco spends a million dollars every hour in marketing. Let the kids know that. That kind of does that piss you off a little bit? It does me? Like that just is maddening to me. Um, they found the replacement generation. Just wanted to show you this. Do not show kids these pictures because they're going to want to try them. Mm -hmm. This is seriously what the 1,500 flavors look like. There is everything, slushy, Fruit Loops, you can kind of look at them. There is no end to what these flavors look like. So I just kind of wanted to show you 99% have nicotine in them. This is kind of that replacement generation type slide. I do want to let you know, if you have a kid 
that has gotten caught smoking multiple times, and I'll say oh, it can be a wonderful, wonderful kid, they're probably addicted. We get parents that'll call on this, we'll have schools call on this. Because it is the perfect addiction device, we have kids that are addicted. Yelling, disciplining, the negative consequence is not going to stop them from their addiction. We need treatment at this point. So there's an Ohio quit line um, for adults. My life, my quit is another online um, texting or you can call in so I can give out that information when we leave here today. I will be honest, um, I know we, we probably have some treatment agencies here. We're from a large social service agency. We're, we're kind of spinning in our community, in our county, and we have great agencies, but we've not done with youth addiction like this before. So I'm just gonna say to parents, I don't think we have all the solutions in the community right now, but we are working on that. So just so you know, a counselor is a great way to go. Some of these text lines are certainly some things you can try. And um, I think hopefully we'll see more resources all the time happen. But I wanted to show this slide because next to heroin and morphine, nicotine is the substance that we struggle with addiction the most or has the highest um, grip as far as an addictive substance, okay? So if your kid can't quit, they can't quit or without help. Tell you what, do you guys wanna take a break or you want me to kinda head into marijuana right now? Just keep going? Okay, we're gonna talk about marijuana and you know what, we almost have to because these vaping devices have marijuana in them, okay? So this is kind of where we're at. Even those Juul devices, when they first came out, they weren't all, people weren't adulterating in them. They were not refilling them at that point. We see all the time seizures that are coming across from California all the way across our great nation with cartridges that have nicotine, they have marijuana in them. Anything can be filled up in those little dueling devices or in those e-juices, okay? Again, not well regulated and we're in a nation that is legalizing marijuana which is not helping this whole equation. So, what do we need to know about marijuana? We're gonna talk about the very first one is 420, okay? If you don't know it, that is kind of the symbol for marijuana. Time of day, route, you'll see it combined with alcohol now, like Sweetwater Beer always says 420 on everything. So if you see the number 420, it's an indication that we're talking about marijuana. Now, your kids might have 420 on their clothes, the music, they might have it written down. Again, it doesn't mean that they're using, but it gives you an opportunity to say, why are you identifying with that number? You know, what's, what's kind of going on? And with that, there's a lot of things that identify with that subculture. Anything Bob Marley. If you see green, yellow, red together, you can ask a question, okay? I was just say, when you see clothing, did anyone put pieces of clothing down? What, what made you put a piece of clothing down today? The wrapper? Okay, absolutely. Anyone else put anything for clothing? I'll tell you, I'm, I'll show you. So a wrapper. A wrapper doesn't necessarily, this, this was taken out of my son's closet actually. I love when my kids suffer in here. Wrapper doesn't necessarily mean he's identifying but you know what, what did I say? It's just important that we're talking to our kids. So it's important that we care what they're listening to. Hey, what do you like about this guy, Tupac? 
because he kind of has some gang violence kind of stuff going in there too. So it gives you an opportunity to have a conversation. I saw in a couple of our shirts, um, again, out of my kids' closets, they look real familiar to me. So what's going on here? I'm going to say in a real bad picture of my son, there's a gun on the back of this one, okay? He was into sneaker, selling sneakers. But again, I don't know what this means. So this would be an opportunity to ask your kid, hey, tell me about this. What is this? And you know what? After he tells you, go online and look it up and read a little bit and find out what it really is about, okay? Doesn't necessarily mean they're doing anything bad, but as a parent, your job is to kind of figure out what's going on there, okay? So, DC, what's that symbol mean to y'all? Shoes, right? That's a shoe, skater kind of thing. But do you see the little leaf in there? Do you see the word dab in there? Do you know dab is a word for marijuana? So when you look at that, okay, this is saying something to me. And I'll be honest with you, we've both been in... <laughs> we've been in school districts where kids are wearing drug-favorable shirts right down in the hallway, and it's just because the adults are not aware of some of these slangs. I will be perfectly honest with you, we never know. We're always 10 steps behind what our youth trends are. But there are some that we just need to know. And we also, if we know them, we need to share them with other adults so we can ask those questions, okay? So Diane's throwing, passing some stuff around here. Marijuana has changed, okay? And I have to say that probably the biggest change now we have to be concerned about is the marijuana oils because of our vaping devices. But when we talk about marijuana, people my age think it looks like the, the joint over here. This is not what marijuana is looking like in our culture right now. It's looking like all this funky stuff on the right. Is anyone not aware of that right now? And feel free. Okay. I, honestly, it's good to know. When we are in this whole thing about legalizing marijuana in our states, what is most terrifying to me is a lot of the older generation that thinks no big deal is thinking about this marijuana joint over here, okay? That's not what it looks like with legalization. It very quickly turns to these other substances. These are gonna be called dab, shatter, wax. Did I say butter already? Butter, earwax, they're gonna have funky names like this. So what this is, is you will literally, when you have a marijuana plant, there's two major components. THC, which gets you high, and CBD, which kind of has that medical promise to it, okay? So for a dab, butter, any of these things, they extract out the THC, what gets you high. They hit it with a really high heat, like a butane, and it changes its substance, and it's called a concentrate because it has a very high concentration of THC in it, okay? So... Again, our generation doesn't like smoking, and our state kind of went right along with that. Well, you can't smoke marijuana in our dispensaries, right? You can vape it, you can eat it, you can drink it, you can do all these things. So we're getting, we've developed a culture that does not like smoking, but we have all these other forms that are actually more potent than what our smoke marijuana is, okay? So this is what it looks like. Any questions so far? Go ahead. What I'm sending around 
is something that dads is really close in similarity with. That's It's going to have that yellowish tint. One of our local officers also said that it looks like Werther's candy. They're actually putting it inside of a Werther's candy wrapper, so you can't tell the difference. We went to a presentation in Canton, wasn't it? Oh, yes, yeah. In Canton. And there was an officer that had bait pens. And we asked him what the difference was with the bait pens. And if you have a bait pen and you're not sure if it's e-juice or if it's um, liquid THD, he said if you tilt it up, as you see in this bottle, the e-juice goes real smooth. Mm -hmm. If it's THD, it's like motor oil. It did look it like motor oil. And it won't move. So if you confiscate a pen and you don't know what's inside of it, if you tip it and it's real slow or real thick, nine times out of ten, it's probably THC, not bait juice. And again, if you're an adult and you're finding either one of them, go get the assessment. I mean, it's just, that's where you need to start, figuring out what's going on, intervening super early on that, okay? So this is kind of the marijuana has changed over time. So people my age, the potency of the THC that was in there was not super high. So what that meant was, did we call kids in our area, anyone my age, we definitely stigmatized people that use substances back then. The words would be burnout, you know, those kids probably weren't as active as they used to be. But you know what, we didn't have addiction like we have now. Marijuana is treated number two in the U.S. for addiction. Alcohol one, marijuana two. So I don't care what anyone tries to tell you, marijuana is an addictive substance. Number two for treatment in the U.S., and that's very true in our county, okay? So it's a real thing. Why that is, is, is that THC has gone up. It's made it more potent. It gives us that brain stimulation our brain's looking for, and if your brain likes it, you might be struggling with addiction, okay? So addiction 101. When you introduce a substance to somebody's brain, some brains are just like, yeah, I don't like it, you know, and you'll see that. How about with pain pills? Who has taken a pain pill before and like, I hate how that makes me feel, okay? You're not going to probably have a problem with addiction with opioids, okay? Some people in here might have taken one and you know what, your brain just like, ah, oh, this, this works for me, okay? So that happens with alcohol, it can happen with marijuana or any other substance. Marijuana is a tricky substance because like alcohol is a downer. It just kind of brings you down. You're gonna, it's a depressant. Cocaine is gonna be your stimulants. And marijuana has all the properties from hallucinogens to depressant. So people might react to that differently, but if your brain likes it and your brain goes, this feels really good to me, and you continue to use, you can find yourself in problem. So the higher the THC, the more of the drug that you're getting, okay? So it's just rose over time. In our communities, a smoke marijuana joint would probably be from 12 to 18%. When you get into those marijuana vaping devices and any of those funky things, you can get anywhere from 60 to 90% THC. So it's a completely different drug, okay? Any questions there? Um, so I wanted to show you our youth marijuana use is not super high, and I will tell you, yet. In Tuscarawas County, we're actually still pretty low on marijuana use, but I think this vaping of marijuana is gonna be a game changer for us. I'm just gonna be very honest. 
So I'm curious to see what our next data point is. Our youth use has been very low in our county, lower than the state average. But my, our perception of harm for our kids around marijuana is really changing. And that's what's scary if you watch drug trends over time. Um, you will see the perception of harm go down, and then you'll see the use rate going up, meaning they think it's not harmful, it's not as bad. And we're seeing that switch with perception of harm with all the efforts around legalization across the US. So it's something that we need to be careful of. As adults, we really need to be saying to our kids that marijuana use is not okay for a youth brain. And, and I'll go as far as I don't get into arguments or conversation about adult use because I think, you know, in the world, if you can pull anything off the of internet to support any scientific study or however you're going to pull that. But I do know that youth use of marijuana is going to cause problems. And our Surgeon General, he has just done a very nice report on youth use in the marijuana, uh, youth in the marijuana brain. I, I just flipped those around. Anyways, the Surgeon General, if you go look at him, just well-researched information about the effects of marijuana, okay? It is not gonna be helpful for our kids if they're using a substance on thinking, decision-making. We see lower IQ use with youth marijuana use, which is like six to eight IQ points, which is a game changer. Like, that's significant. Um, so we know that's problematic. We also know the younger you use, the more you use. So if a kid's using 30% THC at 15, we're gonna guess that they're gonna need more and more and stronger and stronger as they're going through life, okay? So when you hear this argument about let's use marijuana to help people get off opioids, we're gonna create the same problem we've had with the pill mills. Oh, this is the solution, and then it's safer, and then let's use it. Now we got a bigger drug problem. Does that make sense to y'all? Any questions? Is there anything you wanna show so far? Okay, so something we need to talk about, products. What do they look like? I have to be honest, anything we talk about tonight, just go online, you can see it. You can order it. You can order marijuana products. And because of the federal government not doing anything about marijuana, and we have as many states that are recreationally legal, um, and now with the passage of new, the new hemp bill, I don't know if you've kind of followed that, um, hemp, is hemp is legal in Ohio. And hemp, you can't get high from, but it's very hard to distinguish a hemp plant from a marijuana plant. And if you talk to law enforcement, uh, law enforcement, it's problematic because the drug dogs would hit on hemp just like they would on marijuana. So because it is legal, hemp, a lot of our law enforcement is just backing off of the whole marijuana issue already. So there's a lot that's going on in our state right now that's gonna make youth marijuana use more accessible. I can promise you, our juvenile court system and our law enforcement will still enforce any time a youth is using. Okay, don't get me wrong there. But the availability of that marijuana is gonna be much greater for our youth and that's problematic, okay? So simply even like the tobacco laws, raising the 21 is necessary, but we also are gonna have this great black market all around us which puts our kids at higher risk. So. We just have these favorable conditions right now that our kids 
are being faced with a lot more substances than they ever have. And these substances are dangerous. I will tell you any drug right now has a chance of being adulterated. So marijuana can have cocaine and it can have fentanyl in it, it can have any other drug. So some of those conversations from adults need to be, look, there's not a safe drug. Like, it's harmful, it's not good for you, you don't know what's in it, and my goodness, this is not what I want for your future. So we need to have those conversations, because especially our youth, they, they think they're invincible. They're not thinking, oh, this could be laced with something, you know? Um, so it just needs to be something that we have to have conversations around. What the products can look like from a recreational state. Oh, Diane's going to throw these around here. Um, these lollipops. Got them in a vape shop. These are CBD. So CB, one CBD, and then one's a regular lollipop. Um, the products that have THC in them, they can look like anything. They can look like dr drinks, any kind of food, any kind of lollipops. Um, the one in the middle is medicine. I just kind of wanted to point that one out. The other are recreational. The one on the right-hand corner is medicine again. So um, depending what dispensary you're at really can vary. Um, we have not opened a lot of our dispensaries here in Ohio. But again, I ask you to go online and look up Coshocton Medical Marijuana Dispensary and look at the names of the products. They're medicine. And their names might be like ACDC, that's one. Now, we follow this uh, Ohio marijuana group. So there are people that are really trying to, some like to use marijuana, and some really are looking for medicine. So when you follow them, it's very helpful for us to understand this issue. I will hear every once in a while or read someone saying, look, I have this condition. I want a product that is not going to impair me, but it's going to help my pain. Okay, and you'll hear someone, ACDC is one that I just remember, they said ACDC, a Coshocton dispensary, um, will not make you feel high. It'll relax you. Our medicine's called ACDC. Like, ah, there's a disconnect happening here, okay? So that's a whole other caveat of marijuana. So you got this recreational stuff. Now we got this medicinal stuff. And I'm going to explain that a little bit. It's not pharmacy-grade medicine, okay? It is not a prescription by a physician. It is you have one of these 21 qualifying conditions, and your physician writes you a recommendation that says you have one of these conditions. You pay a licensure fee, and then you get to go to your dispensary. Your dispensary is not a pharmacist. It's someone that is not um, a convicted felon, Convicted felon, that is one. And what's the other one? Not a sex, is it a sex offender? So you were then going with your recommendation to the dispensary to pick out what you want. Is there medical benefit in CBD? I would say we've seen enough research that there's some promising stuff in there. But our dispensaries also have the vaping of the marijuana with that really high THC level, okay? We do not have the research. We don't know doses. We don't know amounts. Again, more things coming into our community. I can't say we're saturated by that yet, but the more we call it medicine, the more we call it safer, the more that we have fun forms that we call our medicine ACDC. Can you see where that's not going to go in a great direction for our youth? 
So that's why if we're not having the education that we need, the adult voice is so important here. Whether it's advocating for your school, your goals to get more education, or for you to sit down with your kids and just kind of go through this, okay? Go ahead. The gummy bears that I'm sending around, with CBD being legal now in Ohio, it's very important that we talk to our kids, especially our younger ones, that they don't go into somebody's house and they don't just pick candy up off of the counter and start eating it. As you can see, it looks just like a regular Sour Patch gummy. I would almost say if this is piquing any kind of interest, go Google the Today Show for today, this morning. They actually had a lab in Cal uh, Colorado that was testing CBD products. There are a couple that had more CBD than it should, and that's that protective factor, and some didn't. And you know what? No one knows what they're buying. It's completely unregulated. So here in Ohio, CBD is legal. It's in every one of your grocery stores. And some people are going to spend $50, $60 on a little bottle with no testing or regulation whatsoever. So what we do know is high CBD might be helpful, like with anxiety. We know high THC is going to be problematic with anxiety. So if something is not regulated, you might be giving yourself something that's going to create more depression and anxiety when you're thinking that you're taking something that might be helpful. It is completely unregulated. And that's what they were saying. Like, um, you know, you just don't know what you're buying and people are thinking this is going to solve all my world's problems without any testing going on. So some of you were actually getting more and some of you really weren't even getting it. And some of you even got marijuana in there, okay? So that's how unregulated this all is. I've had a couple companies contact us and ask if it's true that someone can fail a drug test if they're just using CBD products. One company said that their employee was using lotion. Yeah. Lotion well, or soft cream or something, and they failed a drug test. That goes back to saying they can't regulate what's in them. Or they don't. Yeah. And for the suckers that are going around, just so you know, the sucker with the smiley face is a legit sucker. We actually bought them last year for Red Ribbon Week to hand out to our kids. A week later, <coughs> we bought them. I went into a vape uh, shop and found the CBD suckers. So I just wanted to show the similarity in the two suckers. And just so you know, if it was regulated, CBD would not get you high. But because it's not regulated... You know, it is kind of buyer beware, and that's where adults and parents really do have to be, have those conversations with kids. You know, if you don't know where it's coming from, don't take it, okay? So these are what some of our products look like. Here's the wax, butter, all this kind of forms. And this is what you're going to see. In fact, one of the pens up here, did anyone see that red pen? Actually, you have that in the sweatshirt. Um, if you guys want to look at some of our exhibit, you'll hear the word dab pen. And it'll take the more firm product and you scoop it out and you put it in. And it has a high heat and then you just vape it. Some of the vape pens we have up here, you can use dried bud, which you can use your plant. You can use your oil, so you can do your nicotine, your marijuana. You can also do your butter, your wax, your dabs in there, which is a harder concentrate. So some of these pens are like buy one, get all drug use in one little device. So um, those exist. The ones that you get in the dispensary here in Ohio also have those multi-chambers as well. So that's what it looks like.
other things you need to know. If your kid had, do we even have one up here? In the shoe. And in the toilet paper roll. Okay. Did any of y'all put the toilet paper roll down on your piece of paper? So what do we use those for? So the smoke through it, so it smells like the dry, the dryer sheet when it comes out. So what do you look for in your kid's room? If you're looking down, they have toilet paper rolls on the floor. Why is that there? You know what I mean? I always say if you have a gerbil, you know, you might have, your kid might have some of those in their bedroom, but otherwise they probably wouldn't. So you pick it up and then you'll see like a little dryer sheet in there. They use them as a filter. You can smoke and you smoke, you breathe into it, and then you don't smell it. Other things to look for in your room. If your kid's room all of a sudden is smelling really great, you know, if your teenage boy is burning candles or Glade plug-ins or burning incense, pretty good chance something's going on, okay? If your kid comes home smelling better than when they left, that's a really good sign something's going on, okay? So they got mouthwash going on, they got more cologne, that kind of stuff. So those are things to look for. Um, how else are kids using marijuana products? A lot of them might not be buying fancy devices, but they can make bongs into anything. Do I have some up here? Did y'all find some of them? Trash can. Actually, I found this in a teacher's yard. We, we have fun at our job. Um, this is what a traditional bong would look like. This is probably what a kid would use out in the country. Probably a lot of us are rural. Any kind of container. You can see even an apple, beer can, soda can. Um, what do you look for? You'll see little holes in them. That's a giveaway. You might see some burnt marks. Um, if you ever go into your bathroom, I always laugh because I'm a youth group leader. Did you ever go into a sink and the water goes everywhere? It's because someone took the filter out of your spigot. That's a really good sign. So your house, water, your home, normally the water drips down and then one day it's going like this. There's a good chance they took it out. You can buy them, but use it as a filter. So you put it in your little pipe and that way when you put your marijuana on it, it stays on the pipe. So those are the little things that you would look for. Like why is something different in my house? Does that make sense to y'all? Um, we have a lot of fun things for marijuana. Any questions so far? Diane's going to pass around some cute little pipes and stuff. And most all of those were purchased legally or obtained legally or illegally in our community. Show them the little megaphone one. They have smartwatches now, too, that are legal. Yes. They light up and everything, like they work. Did you hear that she was saying they have um, smart watches that you can vape out of? They also have bracelets and stuff that are pipes. Um, again, look at it. If you have any little, we'll call them a vape shop or a head shop in your community, I really encourage every adult to go through there and ask questions. Kind of it's fun because they get all comfortable when you're asking questions, especially if you look like me. Um, so how does that work? Explain that to me. What are the kids using? And honestly, they will answer your questions nine out of ten times, but it does kind of help you understand what's going on in the community. So she's passing some of these. Some of them look like markers. Some of them look, when you look at these devices, you can see they can be in your kid's backpack. They can be in their room. They can be 
on them and you will have no idea unless you snoop around a little bit. So why would you snoop around? If you see changes, changes in behaviors, changes in music, changes in friends, changes in grades, those would be all good reasons. Um, I would say snoop with your kid gets a new friend. You know, it is your right and obligation to kind of keep them safe. So snooping is helpful, asking questions is helpful, looking around, okay, so those are all good things. Um, again, if you come in smelling better, our law enforcement always says with marijuana and substances, a great place to look is in your kid's car. And I love when he says that because I know I never get in my kid's car. If I'm driving, they're in my car. So they said that's a really great place to look. They also said look outside their bedroom window, you know, outside the house and coming in, bushes. We've kind of heard that often from our police. Do you guys want a break? Do you want to keep going? Keep going? Any questions so far? Go ahead. Sure. Halloween coming up and what you just shared with the lollipops, there's a whole new conversation to Halloween. Yeah, absolutely. I will say I would hope people would not give out their free drugs to little kids. Um, but you know what? I would say in our world, be very diligent. Stick to Snickers and Reese's Peanut Butter Cups and Skittles um, because we don't know. What's that? And throw away the lollipops. I know. We, we kind of thought as our department, it's kind of creepy to give away lollipops at this point. So I do think we need to be more diligent. We need to have a lot more conversation. So thank you. It's a good conversation piece, though, with your younger kids. We just had a local fair, and I had a little shadow box with a bunch of babies and the lollipops and stuff. And it was such a great conversation piece, especially when the little kids came up. They're like, well, why have you got that in there? And I was able to say and tell them, you know, this is one reason why you don't want to go into grandma's house or your uncle's house or your friend's house and just take stuff off of the counter. I do this for a living. I preach this every day. I made the mistake with the lollipops. We had a meeting. We was late. Jody and I had to do a presentation. I threw the lollipops and stuff on my desk, not thinking nothing of it. It's at work. My grandkids came in after I left for the meeting. Instantly, the next morning when I came in, she I, did freak out. I, I knew I put everything on my desk. I went into a complete meltdown when I seen that my grandkids were there. They colored me a little picture. I knew they were there. I couldn't find stuff. My daughter wasn't answering the phone. All I could think of was they ate all that candy. And I do this for a living. That's how easy, even with someone with a medical marijuana card with it being edibles, that's how easy it is that you could just lay it down thinking, oh, no one's going to come in, that someone can walk in and grab it. So that's a real good conversation piece to have with the younger kids and even adults. And I share my story. It was a stupid mistake on my part, but I'm thinking it's my office, it's safe. Now knowing we can't be off my <laughs> This is true. But, you know, I think that's a good point because the products has changed so much. If you go into dispensary and you are buying something for a medical condition, I would say I would much rather eat something that tastes yummy than, you know, vape something. So those products absolutely can become more and more in our community. So something to be aware of. We're going to downshift to just some other things. I'll try to go quick so I don't keep you here all night. I have um, energy drinks. Did anyone write that down? Did you put that as like a yellow or red flag? What would you think? Yellow. I've heard people say red. I would probably put that as yellow. I just want to say, this is a great opportunity to start talking to your kids. 
Our kids start drinking energy drinks, unfortunately, at a very young age. They're not health, they're not illegal, they're not using, well, it might be kind of a drug, a ton of tech caffeine. But you know what, have conversations when kids are young. You know, it's not good for you, it's not healthy for you, I don't want you to drink it. How, even say to your kid, what would you do if a teammate asked you to try this? Or you're at someone's house and you have a slumber party and it's truth or dare. Give them the words. And when we work with kids from a prevention standpoint, we are literally helping them build skills to say no, to have assertiveness skills, to really make healthy choices. I always say this is your training wheels. When you start young, role play with your kids on this. It's a great place to have a conversation because you know what? You can even ask them, why are kids drinking these? Why would kids drink these at a young age? Give me some reasons. Might, they might say it tastes good. What else? Yeah, I might see what this does to my performance. What else? My parents drink it. Brands drinking might look cool. I could be curious about what it feels like. Again, they market these things stinking well to our kids, okay? So there's a whole bunch of reasons, but what we say to our kids is, look, this is not healthy for you. And if they learn how to say no to this, when they hit 16 or 17, what other drink looks cool and they're curious and, and their adults might be drinking it? What is it? Alcohol, right? So if we can work with them on energy drinks at the young age, we are building skills for them to resist alcohol and other drugs at an older age. So use these opportunities to have conversations. Alcohol. Again, it's our most used drug, costs the most damage in our society. Um, our kids have the least concern of risk and harm of it. And I will tell you, it is our job as adults to change that mindset with our youth. Very simple. It is illegal under the age of 21. That's kind of where we need to be on this. What we can say is persons who start drinking before the age of 14 have a huge increase of chance of struggling with alcohol addiction and dependence. The average age of onset for those that drink, I know in our county, is 13. That's seventh grade. So when you see youth risk behavior surveys and stuff around our county, they're initiating their age of first use is around seventh or eighth grade. So we know if they start drinking then, there's a great chance we're gonna have a problem. This is how I explain it to kids, okay? This would be an older kid. I would say, look, it is illegal under the age of 21. If you wait till 21, if you do not have a family history of substance use and addiction, most people are fine. Okay, if you have a family history, I say, you know, I would just forever take that off the table because you do not know the risk. But this is what I do know. If you wait till you're 21 when it's legal, you have already learned all the skills to socialize without alcohol or drugs, to deal with your first broken heart, to deal with a rough week at school without all those reasons people use alcohol and struggle with it because you've already learned all the skills to do life by the age of 21, and you know what? Then it's adult choice, and you can choose whether I'm gonna drink or not drink. And that's kind of how I handle that with that older child, okay? Adults, why do you think adults struggle with talking to their kids about alcohol? Because they drink. They what? Because they drink. Any other reasons? I do think... Maybe they don't, maybe they would prefer their child drinks, 
over the hard drugs, maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I think there's a couple reasons. Problem as other yeah. So I think adults kind of trip over this one a little bit. And what I'm going to say, when adults have conversations with kids, first of all, I'm going to say, you need to have conversations with your kids. And you need to expect them to ask you questions. So just know as an adult, when we talk to kids, how are you going to handle the situation when it happens? And we have them practice, and we give them scenarios. Adults need the same thing. If you're going to ask your kid about have engaged in a conversation, first thing they're going to ask you is, what did you drink? Did you try alcohol before 21? Did you smoke marijuana? And I will tell you, as an adult, you can choose to answer that however you want. I will be very honest with you. This generation, they can take an honest answer. And you probably, if you're my age, you can give them a real honest answer. You can say, you know what? Honestly, when I went to school, we did not have the information we have now about tobacco. In fact, we had like smoking areas outside of our school where you could walk out and smoke like on the school grounds. It was designated. Like we just didn't know. You know what I mean? With alcohol, you can say the same thing. In fact, I lived in uh, Texas for a little while and you still could drink and drive. Like when I was an adult, you could pick it up and open your container and drive around. I mean, we just did not have the information we have now. But you know what we know now? Man, your brain is not fully developed till about 24, 25. The earlier you initiate, the greater your chance of addiction because your brain is doing this fascinating wiring scenario. When you activate your dopamine receptors, you got them babies activated. And that young brain wants stimulated. So what we know now with research if you can wait till your drain is fully developed and then you can make a decision using your frontal lobe also. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that go that are involved with that. So those are those conversations adult needs to have. You can be honest too and use life experiences. You know, I was fortunate I didn't get in trouble, but man, you know, some of my friends did. You know, or you can use real life examples because we have plenty of them in our real life to say, Hey, did you see where that caught someone up or the consequences that happened from that? Any questions there? Alcohol, have conversations. As parents, we need to have unified voices and it is okay to ask, is an adult gonna be there? Is there alcohol in the house? Is there alcohol in the basement? If the kids are hanging out in the basement, that is your job, okay? We use a Parents Who Host Lose the Most campaign in our county just to remind parents it is not okay to serve youth alcohol. And you know what? Have conversations also. Some adults truly think, well, if I just take their keys, we're good to go. You know, they really think drinking and driving. And I think because we preached that for a long time, but help kids understand drinking and driving is one consequence from alcohol. I go there with teenage girls. I'm like, look, you know what happens when you drink alcohol? Your inhibitions go way down. And at your age at 15 or 16, you just want to be loved, and a guy's going to tell you anything if his inhibitions are down. And so you sleep with this guy, and you know what? There are rumors about you all over the school. Fair or not, it happens. You know what I mean? So helping them understand bad relationships, unhealthy relationships, changing relationships, all those things can come from underage alcohol use. So, you know, those are the kind of conversations that you can absolutely have. Yes. Did anyone find any alcohol-related items besides the energy drinks? 
Where do you find Where's your aqua? Mine in the backpack. Be mindful. The reason why. undefeated the whole day until we, towards the end of the day and they were starting to lose their games. We bought them all water bottles, we bought all this stuff, so all the kids had the same. We started watching their behavior and found out they was all drinking out of the same water bottle. Be very mindful, if your kid don't let you wash a certain cup, don't let you wash a certain water bottle, they carry it with them everywhere they go. I'm not saying that they are doing it, but be mindful, why don't you let me wash it? Yeah. So that was why that was the water bottle we used. So I I will tell you, I am horrible showing the exhibit when I speak. So when I'm done, I'll try to wrap up early. Diane is great. She knows where everything is. Ask her and she can kind of show you things and feel free to continue to interrupt me because I don't do that very well. Inhalants. Talk to our kids about breathing things in. I was just telling when I think I was telling Wendy, in our county, we have a stinking high inhalant use rate, higher than the state average. We should not ever have something higher than the state average, especially because all our other substances are really down compared to the other. I direct the substance use prevention department, and you know what? It's not in any of the curriculum we talk about. And I forget about inhalants all the time, which means my staff are not speaking about inhalants, which, hmm. Education works, we're not talking about it. So as a parent, please have a conversation with your kids about not breathing in chemicals. They will say, but I like the smell of gasoline. And I even say, you know what, I think I like that smell too, but we, we can't smell that into our brain, okay? So if you're playing truth or dare or whatever, it is one of those off the table. You know, there's a couple off the table, taking drugs, um, pills, drinking alcohol, breathing in chemicals. And we go so far into all the programming and our, especially younger age, building skills, is you need to have these conversations young with your kids and say, look, these are non-negotiables. So if you're at someone's house and you're having a sleepover and kids are daring you to do stuff and these particular topics come on, you have to get out of that situation or you need to that situation to stop. So we tell them, have a code word with your parent. Mine was with my son. I forgot to feed the dog. Neither of my kids ever fed the dog. Why they, sometimes people say put an X or O or something like that. I did that because if someone looked at my kid's phone, they saw there was a real message there. It wasn't like help, you know? So if I got, which I did, I forgot to feed the dog. You know what I did? I'm, I'm a mom that calls. I wait a few and then I call, hey, Matt, I need to come get you. Grandma's in town. We're going to go out to dinner. Okay, get him out of the situation. So you need to have some groundwork laid for your kids. They will get into rough situations. That's, un that's inevitable. Have agreements of, hey, you can call me anytime, no questions asked. The caveat there is no questions asked. You really have to, to be true to that to your kids. So you go pick them up. And you know what? If you pick them up and you say, you know, I am so glad you called. I, I'm so glad I was able to come get you. I promise you, and day, next day, the day after, you can say, hey, what was going on the other night? And there's a great chance they will let you know at that point because you have upheld your part of the deal on that, okay? So just create those 
ways that you can, can, can have a safe person to contact. I would also encourage you to identify other safe people because when you get into like bullying and some other issues with your kids, there seems to be an innate need in a kid to protect their parent, okay? So sometimes they just have a hard time telling the parent, someone's picking on me, things aren't going well, this is the situation at hand. So help them identify someone else that you can talk to. And then again, it can be no questions asked. I just want you to check in. My one son has someone and I check in with him about her every once in a while. It's his best friend's mom. And I just make sure that connection is there. Hey, if you ever need someone to talk to, Steph is a great person. You know what I mean? And for Steph, I say to her every once in a while, hey, did you check in with Jay recently? Just to kind of help the, the you're as a parent helping create some safe places. So inhalants have those conversations. This is what inhalants look like. When do kids initiate this? Young. This is middle school. Why? Because it's there and it's available. And you can find anything online. And what's it do? It gives you a head rush. But you know what? Some kids, this will be what the trips them up. Because their brain gets the stimulation that it might like. This can be fatal, OK? One of those things that we can overlook sometimes, but this is what it looks like. So what do you look for here? You look for paint. Who, who found the brown bag with the paint sprayed in the plastic? You'll see kids that really get messed up with inhalants. It'll be called huffing. They'll have huffing kits. You'll see black fingernail paper Sharpies here where they're coloring their fingers and they're smelling. Um, yeah, Sharpies duster for your keyboards. A lot of those um, they card for like at Walmart and stuff like that. But it would be seeing something that shouldn't be in their bedroom, you know? Or if it's in their bedroom, have a conversation. Why are you spray painting, you know? <laughs> they might be vandalizing something, so you might want to know that as well. <laughs> okay, so good things to have conversations about. Did anyone put cough syrup down? Okay. So there's two types of cough syrup. One is prescription strength, and now there is over-the-counter. Over-the-counter, this is some people's drug of choice. Um, the drug in there is called dexamethorphan. It is in pretty much any of your cough products. And if you drink enough, uh, one of the wrappers kind of tells you what ounce you can drink to get what desired level of high. So this is the take-home. If your kids buy health products. That's a sign. Kids aren't buying Tylenol. They're not buying Advil. They're not buying those kind of products. That's your job, right? So if you see kids buying Visine, why would they buy Visine? To take the red out of their eyes because they're smoking something they should not. So that is the takeaway. If they're buying personal care items of drugs of substance, then ask those questions, okay? The other one that just goes with that is be, be very mindful of any medication, over-the-counter or prescription drug. And we'll get into prescription drug in a second. So in addition to the cough syrup, you also have prescription cough syrup. So I just kind of want to talk about that. A lot of our pharmacies and stuff do card for that now as well. Okay, let's get into prescription drug misuse. When we have the whole opiate epidemic, are we all rural here, smaller communities? We've kind of switched from an opiate epidemic in our rural communities, especially in Ohio, to a methamphetamine addiction. So that has changed. Um, 
our youth use, at least in Tuscarawas, was never super high on prescription drugs. But in our 20s, 25, 30s up, we had a problem. So it is very important that we still lock up, secure, properly dispose of prescription medications. And I think a lot of it is, you know, kids really weren't exposed as much to those prescription medications. But when they have that first use, their brain might really like it. That's a really quick addiction. I mean, you're talking your morphine, your codeine, any of those opioid medications, very quick, those addictions can happen. But I'll tell you what, we did a focus group last year or the year before with our school nurses, and they're like, yeah, we don't really see a lot of the opiate issues with our kids. But we see a lot of abuse of over-the-counter medications. Like our kids want to take pills for everything. You know, as soon as they have an ache, as soon as they have a pain, and you know, I'm a youth group leader, and we take them on retreats, and everybody got a headache or cramps, and they want something, like now, you know? That's concerning for drug use patterns, okay? And this is where adults need to come in. We need to help our kids understand, just because you're dis have, you have some discomfort does not mean we take a pill. I think our society has really came to, we want quick answers right away. You know, if a kid has a headache, did you drink enough water? Did you lie down? You know, um, giving some other strategies to kind of deal with life. I think that's super important because let's play this out. I have a headache, so I take two Tylenol instead of one. And maybe I'm going to take it every three hours instead of four, even though it's prescribed for or recommended for six, okay? So this is your usage pattern. And then you get your first opioid medication, whether it's your wisdom teeth or a little knee surgery, okay? So I'm going to take one every three hours instead of every four. Now I'm going to take two every three hours so quickly, three days, okay? If you have ever watched someone struggle with opioid addiction or um, with a heroin addiction, often it starts with that prescription medication, okay? So it is so important that we help people read labels, respect medication, as adults talking to our kids. And I can do a great job with this. My first son went to college, and the first time he was sick, he didn't know what to do. I'm like, you can read. <laughs> Go to the pharmacist and read and, and follow those directions of what's indicated, you know? So I think we do need to help our kids understand what medications are, talk them through that. If you have a kid that's having a surgery, asking those questions in front of the provider, what else can we take? You know, um, never give a kid an opioid prescription, ever, ever, ever. If they have a surgery, you dole them out. They probably really only need one to two days. So not only do you monitor that, you have conversations around that, and you get those out of your house. I don't care how much you pay for medications. Um, we have permanent drop-off boxes in most all of our communities. Um, if your community does not, does your communities have the drug deactivation bags? No, yeah. Um, these are fairly easy to access in Ohio. We had a grant um, that went through the Ohio Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services. These are drug deactivation bags. So for older people, it's a go to the permanent drop-off box. We have the DA take-backs twice a year. But for a relatively healthy family, a lot of times you just have one vial of medications and we're probably too lazy to take them somewhere. 
We have some if you want to go home with these, if you just have a couple unused on one of medications in your home. You literally open it up, you put your medications in here, you fill it halfway with water, you let it sit open for 30 seconds, you seal it, you shake it up, it deactivates the drug and it's biodegradable, you put it in your home trash can. Super simple way to get the medications out of your home. If you're a parent that has an ADD kid, I'm going to tell you what, you feel really safe with that medication in your home because your kid hates to take it. So it's very easy. If anyone has one, you put it on your counter because he doesn't want to take it anyways. You feel safe, but it has a street value. So your son might not like taking it. Your daughter might not like taking it. But their peers or people that come into your home around holidays or anyone else absolutely might like to take it. So it is super important to safely secure our medications and dispose of unwanted, unused medication. That is very important in our drug-addicted culture. Any questions there? Okay. Uh, Diane, did I miss anything? Okay. Um, so again, just prescription drugs. Also, if your kids are leaving from here out into the community, someone had asked me about Molly, which is ecstasy. It's a club drug. All drugs do live in all communities. Cocaine is alive and well. I am promising you in all in your communities. It just doesn't cause death, <laughs> but it's here. Methamphetamines is definitely here in our communities, no doubt about that. Marijuana is here, uh, but there are some drugs that are more prevalent, like in a college environment. So talking to kids about covering their drinks, not taking medications, not taking substances, because you really have no idea what's in those. Um, I'm going to just wrap it up with here. What else can you do? Know what your kids are listening to. Whoops. Know what they're looking at. That is so important. I actually hate technology, but I, when my kids were a little younger, my best friend didn't have kids, and she loved to be online, and she would kind of follow my kids, you know, and she would let me know, hey, like that didn't seem right, you know. So um, there is a... Um, a site called WebSmart. You can go on and it'll talk to you about ages, different things you know about safes and how kids hide accounts and what to look for. So it's actually very helpful. Um, you almost need someone trained in social media um, knowledge to kind of tell you what to look for. Um, I can just give you the website because I am not the person to do that. But it is important to know what they're looking at, who they're talking to, what they're searching. Because like I said, they can order anything from their computer or learn how to make anything. Um, also, music. I, I kind of slipped it. Talk about movies, music, what's in the happening in our communities. Talking. That's it. Like, talk to your kids, get to know what they're listening to, why they're listening to it, how they're doing it, what their friends are doing. Take advantage of when the other kids are at your house. So what else can you do? Clearly state your roles and expectations. Kids actually want to know where their boundaries are. Let them know. I don't want you to do X, Y, Z, and this is the reason why. Okay? Let them know what that is. Um, be a good listener. Let them know how proud you are of the choices they're making. Okay? I cannot emphasize that enough because they're going to mess up. We all do. So if you have enough positives in their account, when you have to make a withdrawal, you're going to be okay. If you're always making those withdrawals, they're not going to think you got their back. Okay? So that's super important. 
Know your kids' friends, vitally important. Um, talk to your kids' friends. I tell you, the best time I ever got information is when they're all at my house. I can learn more about my kid in three minutes when their friends are there. Because I just ask the friend and they all tell me. You know what I mean? So I would say have the kids at your house. It's a much better option um, than anyone else. Um, talk to their friends. Get to know them. Know your kids' friends' parents. Okay, ask those questions, you know. Is there alcohol? Is anyone supervising? What do you think about, you know? And if it's dicey at best, have the kid at your house, okay? And I will tell you, you need to balance that out of how much you can save one else, someone else's kid and how you, where you need to protect your own kid. So that's something that you need to grapple with a little bit, you know, because we want all kids to have protective factors but we also know there's some risk factors and we need to know where <coughs> kids are in the balance of that. So vitally important. Um, help your kids identify that safe person. Speak often and take advantage of teachable moments. We have them every single day. With this vaping thing, every single day we have teachable moments, you know. Um, we have the consequences that other people are unfortunately experiencing, so talk about those. Um, I said go look at a local head shop where they have paraphernalia or even a smoke shop. Go into one of those up and smoke and, and just see what's available. It might make you go, um, stay informed, just learn more. We have great toolkits um, that before you go tonight, if you want some, like this one on vaping, it is so wonderful. Everything you know, need to know how the device works to what kind of questions you ask your kids. So I have two that are right there. We have one on marijuana, again, super helpful. Um, what I like about all of these toolkits, it does give you conversations for adults to have with kids. Ask these questions. What do you do if they respond a certain way? You know, So those are super helpful. Um, we have one, how, what do you do if you think your kid um, is using drugs? What do you look for, signs and symptoms? So I do have those resources. Feel free um, to let us know if you want some. Model well from your parents. I talked about alcohol. I think there's one thing I forgot to say. When parents do drink, and that might be a reason they're not wanting to talk to their kids, you can tell the adult it's an adult choice, but watch your words. Like if I wanted to come home and have a drink, I am not going to say in front of my kid, man, I had a rough day. I can't wait to have a drink, okay? Because I've just put in their head, rough day, alcohol helps. Or if the parents want to go out on a Friday night with friends, oh, we're going out to go have drinks. Like, because you're then putting recreation, socialization, and alcohol. So when I say model well, an adult can still choose to drink alcohol. That's an adult choice. But watch how you bathe that and model that in your language around that for your kids because, man, they are watching. They're listening. You are the person they're most going to honestly look at in life, okay? Snoop, snoop, snoop that. If you see any of those yellow or red flags, please, your job is to protect your kid. You're gonna protect them more with more knowledge and information. So um, it is your house, it is probably your computer, it is probably your phone. Most of the times it is your car. So it is your right to, and it's a privilege that they have all those things. So. Again, it's not what that relationship is. It doesn't have to be nasty. It's just like, look, this is my job. I'm taking care of you, and, and this is how we're going to walk through life. And 
again, if your child, if you see any of these red flags, get help. And I think the biggest problem in our epidemic has been people afraid to be honest. Like somehow in life we got to, like we got to look a certain way, you know? We are all humans. We're all faced with different challenges. We will all face different challenges, but we are not helping anybody when we're holding this thing and, and hiding because our kid isn't getting the help they need. And you know what? Other parents aren't being able to have conversations about maybe what their kids are experiencing as well. As a community, the more we're honest and we're open, someone addicted to substances is not a bad person. They ended up in a situation that they're having trouble getting out of, and we don't want any child to have to step into that. So the sooner we intervene, the better we will be as a whole. Does that make sense to y'all? Okay, that's all I got. Any questions? Yes. Um, this might be silly, but I, I don't know. Is there like a secondhand smoke to vaping? There is. There is. And the, now they call them secondhand and thirdhand. And the thirdhand is what that chemical vapor leaves like all around you. So second is what you're breathing in when someone else is smoking it. The third hand is the chemical that the baby's going to crawl on in the floor and your dog is going to lick the carpet with the chemicals that we don't know what they are. So yes, it's absolutely a reality. Again, we do not know long-term outcomes of that, but we know they're chemicals. Other question? Go ahead. First of all, thank you for coming. Oh, sure. You're fantastic. Oh. Saying that to other people. I have a group of four soon to be teachers in the front row. Hi, ladies. Y'all look young. Hi. <laughs> if you could tell them in a sentence or two as, as future middle school, high school teachers, and your experiences, the bottom line of, of what type of education really does work for students on these issues, what advice would you give them going out into the current climate? You know what? As educators, I, I will say when I start, parents have the most influence. If you've not already seen, you quickly will. There's a lot of parents that are not doing their job or not able to do their job. So you are their safe person. And you know what? A, a teacher that cares about their students, honestly, the most success you will ever get from a student is when they think you care about them or they know you care about them. And as soon as they know you care, they care what you think. So by you simply saying, man, I see your potential. I see your value and I see your worth and I know this stuff can really mess you up and I don't want that for you. It's a game changer. So the more all adults can do that, just breathe life into our kids. Let them know, you know, this is not, there's nothing healthy on any of these substances that will ever add to your life. But what will add to your life is all this potential I see in you. And that is a role that you guys can step into. And you know what? We all have to say these words. We need to be very intentional because sometimes we forget to talk about substances with our kids and it can really catch them up. So that would be what I would say. Can I talk about Sure. I go in and I teach kids on a daily basis. And I started in fourth grade. And just for those kids to know that when I walk in their room, they can walk up to me and say anything to me, even if it's, I forgot my pencil today and that really put me in a bad mood. 
as busy as you are, take those two seconds to say, oh, I'm sorry, you know, let's get you a pencil, and what can we do tomorrow to change that so you don't start your day off bad? Is the difference in night and day with these kids. So just make sure that they know that no matter what, no matter how hectic your day is, take that two seconds and greet them. I've noticed this year I changed how I do my classes. I greet my kids at the door. And the smile on their face every day when they see me. It's like, wow, we get to high five her, we get to do what we want. Is the difference on how my classes go. Yeah, absolutely. Neat. Sure thing. Yeah, have fun. Change the world. <laughs> Anything else, guys? I'll tell you what. I saw some great resources out there. So please, when agencies bring resources, because we got some gems that we love to share with you all, so they're out there, feel free to come look at the exhibit. There is so much stuff in here, and Diane knows exactly where it's at and how it works. I don't always know how things work, so she's much better than I. And we do have those resources. The vaping toolkit, the marijuana in particular, are just wonderful. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Tuscarawas County Anti-Drug Coalition podcast. Please follow us on Facebook and visit our website at adctusk.org.